I'm going to show you today a simple way in which you can do a Bible study with anybody. I don't care if you're 16 years old and you're here with your grandmother, or 17 years old, you're not sure why you're here. I don't care if you're 80 years old and you're not sure why you're here either. I don't care if you're married, single. I don't care if you've been a believer for 50 years or for five weeks. This is uh, basic, it's manageable, and because God is pleased to use people like us and things like this, it's dynamite. So I want to begin by reading you a little bit from the Exodus 18. I'm not preaching from this week's parship, um, although it's interesting that Bezalel did build all these things he, in, in the tabernacle, and I'm inviting you to build the kingdom of God, just like Bezalel did. So I'm reading from Exodus 18, we're going to read quite a bit of it, but first I'm going to read the first seven verses. Now Yitro, Jethro, the priest of Midian, Moshe's father-in-law, heard about all that God had done for Moshe and for Israel, his people, and how Adonai had brought Israel out of Egypt. After Moshe sent away his wife, Zipporah, and her two sons, Yitro, Moshe's father-in-law, had taken them back. Pause. While the ten plagues were coming down in Egypt, we don't know how long that took, apparently Moshe sent his wife and his children back to Midian to be with her father because things were pretty hot in Egypt, and he wanted them to be safe. So he sent them to be, be with the father-in-law in Midian. Now Israel has come out of Egypt at Mount Sinai, and Yitro sends a message saying, I'm coming, and I'm bringing your wife and your two sons with me. You got it? Picture this. The name of the one son was Gershom, a, a far, which means a foreigner there. For Moshe had said, I've been a foreigner in a, in a foreign land. And the name of the other one was Eliezer. My God helps because the God of my father helped me by rescuing me from Pharaoh's sword. Now, Yitro, Moses' father-in-law, brought Moshe's sons and wife to him in the desert where he was encamped at the mountain of God. He sent word to Moshe, I, your father-in-law Yitro, am coming to you with your wife and her two sons. Moshe went out to meet his father-in-law, prostrated himself, and kissed him. Then after inquiring of each other's welfare, they entered the tent. So you get the picture. Now, as we read the rest of the story, I'm going to convert that story into seven principles that you can use for Bible study with people. Okay? Let's look at the first. Moshe told his father-in-law all that Adonai had done to Pharaoh and the Egyptians for Israel's sake and all the hardships that they had suffered while traveling and how Adonai had rescued them. That's the first thing. You need to, people need to hear the word of the Lord. You know, in the ancient world, not everybody had a Bible. You know, they, they, they would hear the account of what God had done. And when you do a Bible study with people, it's a good idea for somebody to read the account out loud. Now, here's the trick. Then you ask the people at the Bible study, okay, what did you just hear? Now, this may seem stupid, 
But after about 50 years of teaching the Bible, I will tell you, I teach normal, intelligent people the Bible, and we'll read something, and then I'll ask them the simplest question, and they have no idea. Because while they're reading, while they're listening, they're not thinking. They're waiting for me to give them the answer. You understand? So when you do a Bible study, the first thing is read it, have it read out loud, uh, and then secondly, number two, have the people repeat back to you what they heard. What did you hear? What will happen is that different people in the group will say, yeah, and it said this, and it said that, and it said this, and it said that. This causes everybody in the group to engage and to, for, for the things that have been read to stick. So the first two principles is you've got to read or tell what the passage says. Capish? Number two, the people need to repeat what is said. Look, look at step number two, please. Step two, repeat in your own words. Then Yitro says this. It says, Yitro rejoiced in all that God had done for Israel by rescuing them from the Egyptians. And Yitro said, blessed be Adonai. He puts it in his own words. He says, blessed be Adonai who rescued you from the Egyptians and from Pharaoh and who has rescued the people from the harsh hand of the Egyptians. Now I know that Adonai is greater than all the other gods because he rescued those he treated, uh, who were treated so arrogantly. So he repeats back to Moshe what he had just heard. Moshe tells him these accounts, and then Yitro repeats it back to him, not in the exact words, but he summarizes what he's heard. Do you see that? When you do a Bible study with somebody, if there's two of you in the study, if there's four of you in the study, do that. It causes people to engage, and it causes things to stick. Repeat in your own words what you just heard. Okay? Let's go to the third step. The third step is react to the word. You know, sometimes, sometimes, when I'll do a Bible study or something, people are, they're thinking about what they have to cook. They're thinking about the fact they need gas in their car. They're thinking about Donald Trump. They're thinking about, they're thinking about uh, Hillary Clinton. They're thinking uh, about who knows what. That doesn't do much good, does it? Uh, you got to have people to think about what they're hearing. So you ask him, how does that make you feel? What do you feel when you, re- when you hear that? Uh, 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 how does it resonate with you? Get them to, to, to show up. Does this make sense to you? First thing is read or give an account of what the word says. Secondly, repeat it. Have the people repeat it back to you. And thirdly, have them react. That's what Jethro does. Jethro rejoiced over all the good that Adonai had done for Israel by rescuing them from the Egyptians. He's not a piece of meat. He's not dead on the water. He's listening, and he, it registers. You know? Okay. The next part of the passage says, uh, uh, Yitro said, Blessed be Adonai who has rescued you from all the Egyptians, from Pharaoh, etc., etc. Now I know that Adonai is... Uh, is the greatest, and in verse 12, Yitro, Moses' father-in-law, brought a burnt offering 
and sacrifices to God. This is the next thing. The fourth step. Respond to the word. Yitro hears it, and he says, now I know that your God is the God of all the heavens and the earth. Now, it's not enough to know. He then does something with it. He brings a sacrifice to God. Why does he do that? What does that mean? What does it mean that he's bringing a sacrifice to God? You've got to realize Jethro, was a, Jethro, when Jethro arrived at that camp that day, he was a pagan priest, priest of Midian, probably a very nice guy. But he's not uh, a descendant of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, and he's not a member of the community of Israel. He's Moshe's father-in-law, but he is, in our terms, he is an unbeliever. Got it? Now, he, uh, he hears the good news of God's deliverance, and he says, now I know that there's no God in heaven and earth like your God, and then he offers a sacrifice. He is, he is, he is claiming the God of Israel as his God. You understand that? So that's the fourth step. The fourth step is respond to the word in some way. Have people, you know, when people talk to you after, when you're doing a Bible study with you and you ask them how they feel about it, the next thing to ask is, what do you think you ought to do about it? You know, many times we have people who are overstuffed with information. They know everything and they do nothing. So we need to get people to listen, to repeat it back to us, to, uh, to, re- for, to uh, register, uh, to react to the word, and then to respond to the word, what are the, to do something. Step number five, reflect in worship and in prayer. Moshe's father-in-law, as I said, brought a burnt offering and sacrifices to God. He... he turns to God with what he's learned. He prays about it. And when you do a Bible study, it's very simple to tell people, why don't we take a moment and, and close our eyes, or even without closing our eyes. Do you know that you can pray without closing your eyes? I used to work with a guy. He used to drive me crazy. Because I was in the music group, the Liberator Wailing Wall, and he would never close his eyes when he prayed. You know, and I thought that was heresy. Uh, uh, you know, uh, but the Bible does not say, thou shalt close thine eyes and thou shalt pray. I'll tell you a story about this son of mine who came to Yeshua faith two and a half weeks ago. When he was a child, he was at a, at a, uh, at a, a camp of some sort for believers' children. And this is, not a, this, is, this is a horror story. Horror stories happen. So my kids were rather bright, I don't know how old he is at this time. He's about seven or eight years old. And the teacher says, okay, children, let's pray. Uh, Let's fold our hands and pray. Close our eyes and pray. So my son is sitting there. He doesn't close his eyes. He doesn't fold his hands. She comes up and she says, why aren't you folding your eyes and closing folding your hands and closing your eyes? She says, I don't pray that way. She says, "Uh, you need to do it or God will be mad at you. Now, it was experiences like that that kept my son not a believer 
until he was 34 years old. So you've got to watch out. But you do want to invite people to pray. They, they'll respond in action. They react in terms of their emotions. But you say, let's just take a moment and talk to God about it. If you want to do it silently in your heart, that's fine with me. If you want to do it out loud. But let's, let's, let's take it back to God. That's another thing you do in the Bible study. Okay? Let's continue with Jethro's story. We read... Yitro's father-in-law brought uh, a burnt offering and sacrifice to God, and Aaron came. Now, look, this is incredible. Verse 12. And Aaron came and all the leaders of Israel to share a meal before God with Moshe's father-in-law. What's that? We see that Yitro is offered a sacrifice. He's claimed the God of Israel as his God. When Aaron and the elders of Israel come and eat a meal with him, what is happening there? Are they just hungry? Is it lunchtime? Any, anybody got a guess here? Say it again. They're, 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 they're welcoming him into the community. They're welcoming him into the community. They're saying, you're one of us now. This is a covenant meal. When Jethro arrived at that camp, as I said, he was an unbeliever. He was Moses' father-in-law, but he was not a member of their community. He was an outsider. But when he claimed the God of Israel as his God, he became an insider. And the meal was uh, an, a, a sign of their embracing him as a member of the family. You understand? So this brings us to step number six, relationships. How, and when you're doing a Bible study, you ask people, okay, we've read this, we've rejoiced in it, we've talked to God about it. You ask people, how should this affect our relationships with other people? Especially how should it affect our relationship with the rest of the Jewish world? You need to ask people about that because, like I said, very often when people do Bible studies, they accumulate information, but it doesn't make much difference in their lives because they've never really thought through, okay, what's the implication to this? And there's no commitment to, okay, what are we going to do about it? So I'm giving you a simple way to talk about that. Read, repeat, react, respond, that's pretty good. What was number five? Number five, reflect in worship. Number six, relationships. And then number seven, this is my favorite part. Number seven, repay. Share the wealth. This is incredible. It's beginning in verse 13. The following day, now Jethro has been a believer in Israel's God one day, one day. The next day, Moshe sat to settle disputes for the people while the people stood around Moshe from morning until evening. When Moshe's father-in-law saw all that he was doing to the people, he said to them, what is this that you're doing to the people? Why do you sit there alone with all the people standing around you from morning until evening? 
Moshe answered his father-in-law, well, it's because the people come to me seeking God's guidance, and whenever they have a dispute, it comes to me, and I judge between one person and another, and I explain to them God's laws and his teachings. Moshe's father-in-law said to him, what you're doing isn't good. You will certainly wear yourself out. And not only yourself, but all these people here with you as well. It's too much for you. You can't do it alone by yourself. So listen now to what I have to say. I'll give you some advice, and God will be with you. You should represent the people before God, and you should bring their cases to God. You should also teach them the laws and the teachings and show them how to live their lives and what work they should do. But you should chose, choose from among you, all the, from all the people, competent men who are God-fearing, honest, and incorruptible to be their leaders in charge of thousands, hundreds, fifties, and tens. Normally, they will settle the people's disputes. They should bring you the difficult cases, but ordinary matters they should decide themselves. In this way, you will make it easier for you and share the load. They will make it easier for you and share the load with you. If you do this and God is directing you to do it, you will be able to endure and all these people too will arrive at their destination peacefully. And so Moshe does that. This is fascinating. The guy who's been a believer in Israel's God, one day he sees his son-in-law out there judging all these people. He says, what are you doing? And Moshe says, well, this is what I'm doing. He says, he says that's not going to work. And he gives him advice. Now, in some congregations people would say something like this. Who is this guy? I don't care if he's Moshe's father-in-law. He was a pagan yesterday. Why doesn't he shut up and wait a few years before he opens up his mouth? You know? Can you imagine that happening? I can. But no. Once you're a member of the family of God, the Holy Spirit speaks to you too. And God can use you. God uses Moshe's father-in-law, who was a pagan yesterday, to give Moses good advice that Moses takes. Now, what does that mean for you? I want all of you, let me put it this way, I want none of you to say, oh, I don't know very much. Oh, I've only been a believer a short time. Oh, I'm not, I don't know the Bible like I should. I want you to leave that out. Don't disqualify yourself. If you're a believer in the God of Israel, God can use you. God used Yitro to instruct Moses, the greatest leader the Jewish people knew, before the time of Yeshua. And God can use, can God use you to lead a Bible study? Would you answer me that? Can he use every single one of us to do that? Any one of us? Yes, he can. Just like Andrea came up to me trembling at the top of the stairs, handing me uh, this, this New Testament, not sure how I'd react, because I was the most intimidating guy anybody knew, but it was God's time for me. And uh, within seven weeks... I was sure that I was sure that I was sure that all of this was true. And it's been that way for about 54 years. So I want us to just review this. Would you show us the next slide, please? Here's the seven steps. Read the passage. 
Number two, have people repeat it back to you. Third, let them react. How does it make you feel? Talk to me. Talk to me. What does this mean to you? Are you confused? Are you happy? Are you sad? Are you angry? Talk. Four, respond. What are you going to do about it? How is it going to affect your actions? Reflect. Talk to God about it. Six, relationships. How is this going to affect your relationships with people? In Jethro's case, he became part of the family of the people of Israel. It affected his relational world deeply. And number seven, repay. Share the wealth. Uh, Whatever God has shown you, show it to other people. This congregation can grow like a weed. Every congregation in the Messianic movement could grow. Some of them, to tell you the truth, I'm not sure I want to see them grow, but that's another story. This is a good congregation. This congregation can grow like a weed. But you're the ones who plant the seeds. Um, Don't disqualify yourself. Don't think of yourself as unable. I've just shown you a very good approach to studying any passage in the Bible you want to study with people. Now, when you do that studying, it is God who does the work. When I first, you know, Andrea, there were times when I asked her questions and she didn't know the answer. She said, I don't know. But when she did have answers, they were intelligent answers. But as I often tell people, I began studying the New Testament, and I soon, I soon discovered the New Testament was studying me. I began to find that the Bible was examining me rather than me examining the Bible. That was a thing from the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit can use you too. And so I want to encourage you to take these simple seven steps. They're very simple, deceptively simple, but they're powerful. Use them. Experiment with them. And uh, the next time I speak here, there may very well be people sitting in these seats that you brought who had never darkened the door of Shuva Yisrael before because God used you. So would you stand and I'll I'll bless you. I have an apology to make that you're leaving earlier than you usually leave. I know this is disappointing for some of you. Um, but uh, I warned Dana and the others that this is going to be a shorter lesson than Larry often does. I really, um, I feel a fondness for all of you today because you are the kind of people that God uses to do many things, mighty things. You are, you are God's secret weapon. Yivarech Adonai v'yishmorecha Ya'er Adonai panavelecha v'yichunecha Yisa Adonai panavelecha v'yosem lecha shalom May the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob bless you and keep you. May the God who called Jethro to himself lift his face upon you and be gracious unto you.
May the God who empowered the apostles and then empowered ordinary people to change the world, may he cause his face to shine upon you and give you peace. And may he use you in your world in simple ways to simply open the door for others behind which God stands ready to change their lives. May you open doors for them and may you never, ever feel inferior or afraid. I ask this in Yeshua's name. Amen.